Welcome to Dum Dum Die, an all awesome, all female D&D 5th edition homebrew podcast set in the amazing world of Kalandos. And I say it's amazing because it's my world, Carla, so it is. <laughs> and around the table, I have my wonderful players, and we're going to let them introduce themselves, starting with Nicole. Like Carla said, I'm Nicole and I play Darby. <laughs> I'm Kut and I play Rain. I'm Wednesday and I play Xantelarian. I'm Kirsten and I play Oriel. And with us at the table is uh, a known voice, if you've listened to the episodes before this. Uh, he is most known for his famous line of jumps, 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 is Tristan. Hello. <laughs> um, and I played the Zorn. <laughs> I, I played a Zorn once. <laughs> this one time um, over a couple of episodes. Hmm. So uh, we've decided we're going to be moving on to season two in the next episode. So the next episode of our actual play will be the start of season two um, and is hopefully going to be even more exciting. Uh, I've told some of the cast members, but uh, Wednesday doesn't know, but you guys are leveling up. Because um, I, I don't know when last I leveled you up and even if it was nearby, I feel like I'm going to level you up because you, you know, away. showed restraint and you ran away. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the better part of Valor, hey? Um, and so we thought we would do another law um, episode where we just sort of recap some of the law of Kalandos, but also possibly some conspiracy theories of where the characters think it might be going and just some questions for each other. So let's begin. I know Tristan has a, it all worked mm. out. Well, I don't know how much of it is worked out, but I will, I will, yeah, try correlate. Correlate is the wrong word. I will try just facilitate. Cool. So let's start with high conspiracy. Um, first things first. As versus to low conspiracy. Mostly for Carla, but I'm sure she might include you. It depends it. on how much tinfoil hat she needs to wear. <laughs> how pointy the tinfoil hat is. Yes, yeah. The higher the point, the higher the conspiracy. <laughs> Carla might include you in the answering of this question, but I wanted to know, and I hope the listeners also want to know, what is the role of the mistress and how much can you tell us about her that we don't already know? Um, I think first off, let's just start this by saying this is not a time for you to metagame and find out things you need to um, So the mistress, um, as I think everyone can see if they've listened to, um, everyone can see if they've listened. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, listen to, um, it's even more funny because I pointed at it. I was like, look at this funny thing. Um, they can understand that she's going to be a very big uh, part of the story and she's already had a massive effect on the players. Um, yeah, there's not much. I guess. <laughs> the, the thing is, it's, it is supposed to be a mystery, um, but at the end of season one, it sounds like they are going to get more information. Um, so mm. listen to the next episode and okay. all going well. I mean, I do <laughs> want to give the players information. <laughs> So if the, if they play their, their cards and dice right, I'm sure that will <laughs> unfold. That's expecting right. our dice to play right. It's such a strange enterprise being behind the scenes on a, a thing like this, like a show thing like this, where I don't actually know what's going to happen. You'd think I'd be, I'd know Carla's brain and I know the plan and the outline, but I don't. So this is exciting for me. Uh, thank you. Okay, so she, she's still a major role though, because she was a major part of the first season, as it were. Yeah, so it, but, and that's the amazing thing about uh, Tabletop is, in my mind, she has a very large role to play. 
But if the characters all of a sudden decide they don't care about the mistress, then she will still be playing that role in the background, but it will be wherever they choose to go next. So it's where they choose to go and what they choose to do. I can point at a giant stop sign and be like, you should stop here. But if they don't stop there, then it's, <laughs> I mean, it's their choice. It's a nice analogy. I know some other GMs don't do it, but I would do it is whatever choices the characters make, the world still goes on around them. So if they, for some reason, decided to ignore the mistress, she would still be doing whatever I had initially planned for her to do, and there would be consequences or not, depending on that. Sure. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. We all know Zantelarian won't leave his lady love. (laughs) (laughs) That just tells you how much nobody knows about Zantelarian. (laughs) She did ask to get married. I mean... Oh, yeah, I forgot. Commitment phobe. (laughs) Yep. Similarly, but unrelated, what is the mistress's history with Simonon or what is that relationship and how much can you tell us about like why they work together? Is it just like Simonon is someone the mistress hired or is it more complicated or complex? Um, I feel like if I tell you, if I tell you, it's going to give stuff away. Um, so we'll find out. Yeah, I mean, oh, let's open the floor. What do you guys think? And then if it's really good, I'm going to use it. Simonon <gasps> <Ooh. laughs> is her mother. I'm kidding. Simonon <laughs> is twist. the mistress's mother. Simonon yeah. is a horcrux. Is a horcrux for the mistress. Ooh. This is the problem now, right? <laughs> that is probably better than what I had. <laughs> Damn it. That's a good one. That, that's the GM's. I don't like, know. Every I feel GM like, says that. I, feel I don't like know what that is. Oh, a whole cr- it's a Harry Potter it's, yeah, it's, Harry a, Potter. it's essentially a, 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 we call it a, in D&D it's called the vessel that uh, people put their, oh. their the souls in like liches put yes. their pieces of their okay. souls what's it called uh, a phylactery hey nice one you guys get XP the room at the same time. <laughs> yeah we do <laughs> XP for us we can use it to you know be fancy <laughs> <laughs> okay I don't know I just feel like from the first season Simonon turned on the mistress pretty damn quick when we twisted her arm a bit. So, I don't know. Maybe she's the ugly twin sister. Maybe she was just like the runt of the litter. Mm. Oh, so you think they're related? Mm. I do think they're related. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll leave that there. I like it. That's fine. That's totally fine. Um, then, now this is more for the players then. Um, still talking about Simonon and the mistress. What was it like to be able to face them again? Because obviously you encountered this pairing and it was a completely like over-the-top situation uh, and it was your first real sort of major enemy and boss and it didn't entirely go well for you. But then you had a chance to see them again. What was that like? What was that (coughs) experience? (laughs) Um, Well, when um, I remember when she came back or colored that voice again. Um, I literally, I got goosebumps. Mm, I was like, me too. <laughs> we, freaked, we freaked the hell out. At the we table. had a whole conversation about it afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I was just like, yes. <laughs> mm. Darby was just about a cutter. <laughs> Can't say that word. I don't know. I just feel like it was the strongest sense of deja vu. <laughs> of like, um, rain trying to stab Simonon in the back again with the javelin and Darby trying the, to fireball the mistress. Yeah, and Zandalarian trying to woo 
the dress off the mistress. And Oriel just... I actually had no intention of trying <laughs> to... Dying at a loss in this situation. <laughs> well, at least she didn't, like, thunder... thunder oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Lost. I didn't okay. kill you guys this time. <laughs> I had no intentions of trying to kill Simonon again, but she tested me. She yeah. tested Rain. So obviously Rain is going to have to... Just like how she it just, tested it, you. It seems like fated, like, you know what I mean? Like, every, in every single universe, in every single, like, thing, every Rain has in every dimension, like, every time. Yeah. Simonon will get a javelin to the back. Yeah. Or something. If it's not a javelin to the back, it's, like, death by, like, footless. Because I have to ask <laughs> like, you, know, I'm, Death by footless. Because I almost cut off a foot the last time. Well, I tend to. Oh, well, oh Rain from her she was being just, footless, yes. not like yeah. she was killed by footless, which <laughs> is a thing. Well, I could cut off a foot and beat her with it. Like you, you know couldn't. I mean? you Why could. would you beat someone with their own foot? Because I don't she, know. Why she, she had the audacity to put a javelin at Rain's neck. I mean, like Rain doesn't to be like fair, that. You killed her with the <laughs> javelin to the back. Not in this. Timeline. Time <laughs> exactly. But to be fair, she line. was running away from you when you killed her. I was trying to stop her. I didn't intend to kill her. The yeah, well, you stopped her. You stopped her forever. to kill her. And I told her not to run. Like, Well, guys, let's be shot. real. This is all in-character knowledge, <laughs> out-of-character. We all know that Rain, like, mercy, non-mercy killed Simonon while everyone walked away from her yeah. body. She was like, shh. She's like, sorry, <laughs> not sorry. Yeah. Oh yes, I remember this. I see how we all remember the, the javelin situation, but not the not the creepy like. Shh. <laughs> um, okay, good. So on the topic of sort of enemies and ending them, uh, from an outside perspective, someone listening or sort of following this story, the world of Kalandos that at least the characters have moved through is kind of. I don't want to say safe, but what is the danger level, Carla, of like the environment when you're outside towns and cities? And what I'm really asking is what kind of enemies and monsters can we expect to see uh, going into season two? Um, I think why it's been reasonably safe is uh, they've they've mostly been traveling in a in a smaller town where they've most they've lived most of their lives or, and rain has been traveling around. So she they they sort of know the routes that would be safest and they haven't had to travel very far. But as they progress deeper and further into the world, they'll start to find that things are slightly different to their small town homes. Um, I mean, in their backstories, none of them have faced very hectic monsters and things like that, but they have faced... Um, Turning teachers into pop plants. Yeah, so they have faced more unsafe and unsavory uh, points because they were in bigger cities. So Zantelarian has some unsavory points in his backstory and so does Darby and so does Rain as well. And then uh, Kirsten just has a, a quite a quite an intimate relationship with her teacher <laughs> turning into a <laughs> pop plant. that kind of intimate relationship. <laughs> Well, I mean, you do carry your teacher with you. Yeah, well, shame. Who else is going to water? Has that been revealed in the story of the the game? No. Surprise. Oops. (laughs) Sorry. Oops. (laughs) Take it back. Take that back. No, 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 it's fine. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's part of your backstory, but but no one else has heard it. I think we've mentioned it every now and again, and then that's that's the reason why Oriole is a wild magic sorcerer, because of the fact that she can't necessarily control her magic. Um, 
But yeah, no, that is why she carries her teacher. I think around. it hasn't been mentioned because Orville's not proud of it. <laughs> she She's prefers her school life stays in the past. <laughs> the book remains closed. I'm so sorry that I, was, I opened opened that book. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, I think people are starting to get a sense that the world is changing and there's some deeper magic that's uh, coming alive or awakening or resurfacing and I think from that you're going to see a lot more monsters and because currently most of the villains have been humanoid or or essentially for want of a better word races so they've had to face other races but I think you're definitely going to see a lot more monsters and um, a lot more magic. To clarify, monsters that Oriel can't make friends with, or I don't know. It depends how good your dice roll <laughs> and how badly this does. While we have the the book open then on characters and um, and backstories and things, I wanted to ask the players, and maybe we can go one at a time. How have your characters developed and grown from the very first episode that we saw them, but also? You as a player, how have you grown in relationship to playing this character? Uh, any thoughts you have on that? Don't look at me first. <laughs> okay, so um, with me, um, having role-played for quite a while, um, it was quite difficult for me to sort of get into the role of Zantelaria, and I think only recently I started playing him at 100%. Um, just because I always felt that I needed to sort of hold back a little bit. Um, also because we had like first time role players and like to give everybody else a stage, you know, that kind of thing. So I've only recently started playing him at full strength, which is a bit much, I think. Never too much. But in terms of like character development and backstory reveals and that sort of thing, I just felt that it was it was kind of important. I mean, now that this has become an actual thing, um, what a thing? Yeah, yeah. more people now that than the my podcast mom is a thing. Yeah, <laughs> my mom does not even listen. Can Dude, I just say? My mom stopped. Okay. Well. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. So that it was kind of important for me to sort of develop the character and actually start playing him at full strength rather than being more reserved because he is meant to be quite flamboyant um, and like it's a little bit difficult sometimes because obviously me as a person I'm not particularly flamboyant so um, to sort of take that on and just um, sort of grow a character especially like a character that's a completely different sex <laughs> um, is, you know, it's, it's, it's been pretty exciting. Um, and also since I don't really, I'm not a big D&D fan, like I'm enjoying it, which is kind of weird. <laughs> Yay. Cool. Thank you. Hmm. Who's next? Okay, I'll go next. Um, yeah, so I've never played D&D before. I didn't even know what it was until we started this this whole process, but I'm really enjoying it um, personally. And I think in terms of like Darby's kind of um, uh, growth, when I think I agree with what uh, Wednesday was saying is I also didn't know how to like fully play the character until recently. So with Darby, like him being... Obviously, he's he's come out of the closet now, and like he's very out there. But I think what, like, <laughs> was he ever in the closet? Yeah. <laughs> I think I think in the beginning, like he wasn't as 
as out there as he is now. But I think the what I've realized is also you also don't want to like stereotype a character where you make them seem very like um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Gay. But there were air quotes. Yeah, yeah there were air quotes. <laughs> but I think also like the fact that he's so um, passionate about certain things and like he's very he's also very manly in a sense, which like I really love. I really enjoy playing that bit of him. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of like his growth and my growth personally, I think it's kind of like one, which is good for me. That's cool. Yeah. Dramatic. I also I also really loved how in the last episode. <clears throat> People were whipping out spells I've never seen. I was like, look at you using your whole spell book. Yeah. <laughs> might, awesome. I, might I just add, Darby's voice changes all the time, depending on his mood, guys. It's his mood ring. It's his mood ring. Yeah. But his voice. Totally. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you very much. Um, okay, okay, I'll go. Um, <laughs> I think... Mm, Um, I think it's kind of like what I was saying when I was talking to Kurt. Was it Dames and Discussions? Yes, that's what it's called. Uh, and Dames and Discussions. <laughs> yes, that's also our other podcast. You can also listen to that one. Um, that, like, um, I haven't done it as much. I don't think I've, like, gone, like, full out, like, Wednesday and Derby, but I'm enjoying, like, jumping on people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's, it's, like, really, it's really, like, kind of, like, it's in my head now that I can literally do anything mm-hmm. anything and that's really cool <laughs> the only thing i'm sad about is that like there's no visuals so like when she jumps and like lands like with mm, superhero style no one sees that except me in my mind but that's okay but you could describe that i know but it's not as fun as actually seeing it i think we see it though yeah, okay. yeah. we definitely <laughs> see it um but yeah that's 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 what i've enjoyed or about like that's how me personally as a player i've grown Ooh, the English is leaving me. Um, <laughs> hold on. Let's reset. That is how I, <laughs> as a like a player, have grown. Because like I'm like Nicole was like first time playing. I knew what it was, just had never played. So that's like really cool in that I get to do that. I get to explore Rain in that way. I do think though I, I need to bring out a little bit more of like backstory stuff, but we're getting there, we're getting there. Yeah, but also you must remember, uh, as you guys say, your first time role players. Like I think, I think my first character's backstory was get paid to fight because that's <laughs> like all I could. And, and I was attached to another character as their like servant inverted commas because the GM was like, this way will help you because uh, then that person that character can just drive what you guys need to do to help you. And you guys are in this as individuals and, mm. and you're driving the story. So it's awesome. You guys are doing amazing. Mm. Brother. I mean, I know with Oriel, Oriel started off really freaking awkward and making every single unintentional sexual innuendo <laughs> about incest. I think it possibly was. <laughs> Wednesday's cringing. Um, but I feel like she she's gone from a place where she was kind of afraid to use magic or by mistake used magic that ended up killing teammates <laughs> to being a, in a little bit more control in the sense of where she knows that running away is okay and 
um, maybe not going the, the traditional route of, oh, there's a giant zone in front of me. Let me kill him. Instead of going, I will climb on his back and then ride him like a pony. Is um, <laughs> You just did it again. Yeah. Said, sure. yeah. <laughs> and also just because I'm like imagining how you would climb on a zone and essentially because the mouth Jeremy, is on the I? top. Like, I, I did climb on Jeremy. I just wonder where you would sit. You on his arm. <laughs> yeah. on one on his of his arm. three arm trunks. Yeah, on his arm tentacle. Arm tentacle. <laughs> trunk, trunk tentacle. But it's like, I, 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 re- I really enjoyed the fact that, like, Oriel doesn't have, like, a strength to speak of. Of, like, as in, like, a physical, I will attack you with my sword and it will actually make a difference <laughs> to someone. So mm. I quite enjoyed the fact that she's become kind of the person who, who tries to find out what's actually going on, try and find a different solution to the thing. So, for example, when Santalarian was, like, trying to literally rip the material off the mistress, <laughs> it was like, how do we stop her from coming after us? It's like, I will trap her in a dress. <laughs> this is a great idea. Instead of, like, knocking her out with a javelin in the back or something <laughs> like that, like... I qu- I'm quite enjoying the creative <laughs> solutions that, that she comes up with. Yeah. Mm. That's cool. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> While you are on, on the train and the track... On the um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I wanted to open the floor to any questions you might have for each other or as players for the DM uh, at this point. So, floor is open. Does Zantelarian turn gay? I mean, uh, she's she's looking at me like I can force this to happen. Um, You know, from a GM's perspective, I'm happy with whatever choices my players make. Does he have a brother? Does he have a brother? Do I have another cousin? Um, Okay, so second question. Zantelarian is is an only child. Damn it. yeah, and that 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 should come out um, in the in the character background episode, um, and with regards to his uh, homosexual tendencies, that they are currently non-existent. Currently, guys, key and word. I'm not sure. Like, I mean, he does appreciate male attention because Zantalarian is incredibly vain, so he appreciates any attention. It doesn't matter where it comes from. Um, and I'm not sure if anybody who's listening has noticed, but he doesn't have a particular type of woman that he chases. He tends to chase all of them. Except for danger. I feel like <laughs> danger is your type. <laughs> um, so there is that. And I mean, I don't... Like, in terms of character development, I haven't really thought that he would go in that direction because he's just... And it has a lot to do with his background, but he is rather attached to... Um, sort of the idea of a woman like he idolizes them he really like he honestly just adores women that's his thing Good sorry Nicole it's okay <laughs> there's, there's always room guys <laughs> like Santillaria uh, like Wednesday said she currently the crusade continues into, you know basically. maybe he'll just do a young turn there a young turn <laughs> Uh, okay, so I feel like that needed to be said, though. I feel like this question yeah, needed to be asked. <laughs> so, Carla, I've got a question for you. Yeah. Since Calendos, Calendos, <laughs> you're joking, but nearly was. <laughs> uh, is your your world? And I mean, I know you play 
the rest of the world. But which, okay, it's a two-part question, is which character that you've played so far has been your favorite to play? And the second one is if you could play any character in your world, who would it be and why? Um, so my that favorite. We don't have to have met that second character. Uh, uh, so my favorite to play was, um, I loved Biggin. I just liked her. So <laughs> I just liked her so much. And, you know, who, who can say if we meet Biggin again? Oh, yes. Let's hope. Um, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed Biggin. I also like Conoferin. Oh, no. Also, not that's my even favorite. I changed his name. Not the muffin And his man. voice as well. <laughs> but he was, he was, you know why I, like, I liked him? Because I liked how you guys played against him <laughs> so as a character i thought he was okay but the situations you put him in i'm just like guys why <laughs> but why um if i were to play a character in my own world i would always play a bard i uh, i do love a bard because i mean basically they can hurt people with cutting words they're just like your mother's so and then they can beat you down like it's <laughs> Her feelings are strong. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I think I would play uh, the race. Uh, whichever one gives me bardic bonuses. <laughs> so I feel like it's an elf. Half elves would be. Yeah, so I'd probably play on a half elf. Would you be a relative to Dantelarian? No? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'd like to think I'd be competent. <laughs> and there you go cutting words mm-hmm. I think Dottie would get along very well with you yeah I mean yeah, yeah. maybe I could maybe I could be your Santillarian replacement yeah yeah okay I think we need you now <laughs> shame guys I didn't mean it it was a joke now I feel bad she's lying Oral's feelings aren't hurt for long <laughs> I know. She just shakes it off. Yeah. Shake it off. <laughs> Thanks, Taylor Swift. I have a question. Oh, yeah, it is. I have a question for Carla. Um, this is like I'm going way back now to heritage uh, specials. Yes. What? Okay, so you know how everyone got godified? Yes. Whatever happened to one obsidian? So in the stories, um, there was note of a... A child who helped helped the adventurers brave mm-hmm. uh, facing Tamayel, mm-hmm. and the child's body was found um, at the on the beach. Uh, your bodies were not, mm-hmm. so uh, they played a different character who has then since been turned into a god in the main world. Who are you talking to? Uh, All of us, everyone, the audience. Did I right, right, right. Of, no, well, sorry. You were like they played. They, oh, sorry. Like, the, the players played <laughs> another character in the Heritage Special, and which took place before the the main storyline, and their characters got turned into gods uh, because when everyone went to the beach, they couldn't find the bodies. Mm-hmm. They did find uh, a child's body. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was identified as Obsidian, and so they held a memorial for him, and that was the end. Really? Like, nothing? That is what the stories say. Oh, that's what the stories say. (laughs) Mm. Okay. Nice. Good questioning. Are there there any others? Okay, so I have a, a... more like a world question. So in D&D, a lot of um, the emphasis, especially on the role-playing side, relies on um, sort of 
racial discrimination almost. And there doesn't seem to be any in your world of Kalandos. There doesn't seem to be any sort of a race division at all. Um, so was that sort of an intended thing or is it just that you didn't think it was a necessary part of this particular campaign or? Yeah, so I think that's a, that's a very, very good question because, I mean, in normal D&D settings, race, racial division is a, is a huge, huge thing. Um, so in, in my world, initially, so in the Heritage Special, um, the races, there weren't that many races, so they were quite homogenous. Um, so there were orcs, and so basically all the, the eight playable, initial playable races were part of the world. Um, because there wasn't that much difference in terrain, because with Tamayel, um, most of it was lush kind of rainforest, um, humid climates, Um but as the world changed when Samaya left, more races started to appear over time. And then through that, you might see some division in um, when you meet new races. But if they're part of the eight sort of generic stock playable races, you're, you're not going to see in my world that much racialism if they are from that town. So the towns you've been to... People know Biggin. She's been there for a long time. People know Pia. People know Conifern. Um, people know his grandmother. So <laughs> People know Thunderin Lightning. And, and you're now heading into a big city. So, assumedly, in big cities, also racism is, is less there because they deal with a lot of people. If you travel to smaller towns, um, you will probably see a lot more racism. But you'll, you'll prob- you know what you'll probably find more in my world over racism is when people are doing things that are different to what their race is, inverted commas, good at. So I think this is it's still racism. How about with that? So um, yep. Darby's going to get a lot of um, troubling looks because of that. Because... Darby's going to get a lot of flack. Yeah, Darby's going to get a lot of flack. Um. The reason why I didn't put it in is because I truly believe in like in such a mystical world where there's so many different races. If there were only two races, there would be huge racialism for me because then I'm like, it's it's orcs and it's humans. They're going to hate each other because they're different. And everyone, people always want to have the other. So the other that they can hate, the other that they can blame. But when there's so many, um, you, it would need to be a very personal racism. So it wouldn't be that every human hates every orc. It would be that specific human doesn't like orcs or that specific uh, gnome doesn't like elves. So, yeah, that's how I've always seen it in that in such a fantastical world with so many um so many races, you can't... I wouldn't want to have intrinsic racism. There can be absolutely people who are racist, 100%, and you will find them, but there's no one like... Everyone hates Drow. That doesn't exist, but also Drow didn't exist in our world before, so who can say? Cool. Udip, very nice. Lovely. Thank you. Very good question. Thanks, everybody. I think that is mostly... Uh, what we have time for in in sort of a chatty episode to to interrogate 
Um, so I'd like to close on one more question, if that's okay. Uh, in the last few episodes, we've finally been introduced to uh, some of the temples and the shrines and the followers of those those four gods that were established in our Heritage Special Origins episode. And calisthenics. Um, <laughs> and calisthenics. <laughs> <laughs> How is Kalandos growing in your mind? And what can we expect to see next that is terribly exciting and, and somewhat different from what we saw in the first season of episodes? Um. I think how it's growing, we're going to see a much more populated world as we get more into cities and things like that. But also, I think we're going to have a focus on that um, religious aspect of it because that's, uh, Wednesday, that's one of the places where there is quite a religionism. Is that it? <laughs> so there's a little bit of a religion, religious intolerance in the world um, because every single person in the world, regardless of, um, regardless of what everyone has to belong to one religion, a religion of some kind. You can convert 100%, but everyone in the world is marked with the mark of the God they're following at the time. So there's no such thing as atheism? No. There. So you can you can say you're an atheist, but you would still be marked by a the God. last God you, you worshipped. So even if you no longer believe in the gods, you would still be marked Ooh. by your most recent... Recent God. Did we establish that you could change as yes. well? Yes. Like if you you were following one and then decided, oh no, I actually want to. No, but yeah, Hakla did ask them to convert. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, and I'm like no, and, like, <laughs> and we're gonna see. Um, I hope we're gonna see more. Um, but also, as I said, it depends on what the players do. Uh, more hucklers because in each religion, there's essentially a salesman who is trying to convert as many people. To, to their following and I think that can be a really fun and interesting story to, to go with Trey Trey exciting I just uh, got an image of, of like people who become atheists like in Naruto you know how you cross you put a line through your little <laughs> imagine you put like a line through your tattoo Sorry. and you're just like this isn't happening yeah. yeah but it's easier to modify a tattoo than it is to remove it so <laughs> yeah yeah. Well, uh, I have uh, no further questions, Your Honor. So that is the uh, end, I think, of the law special. So, Carla, you're happy to sign us out. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you guys have questions, please leave them in the comments. Send us the mails. And if it isn't too spoilery, we will definitely get back to you. <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening, as always. Please remember to share our podcast with your friends, foes, families, and familiars. And rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. Every little bit does help Plus, it's awesome hearing from you and coming around the table and discussing and being like, people care. It's amazing. <laughs> um, a big thank you to Tristan for hosting and mm. for doing the sound engineering for this episode, as well as a big thank you to Wednesday, who has been doing the sound engineering for the past couple of episodes and will be continuing to do them for us. Yeah, yeah. It is immensely appreciated and wonderful. Yay. Thank you to my players who always make everything um, more... Just more. You guys always make everything, always make everything more. Um, I'm going to steal that Horcrux idea. Not for Simonon. For <laughs> future. Um, and a big thank you to Veed, who makes the wonderful music that accompanies our podcast. Please remember, if you'd like to follow us on socials, you can find us at dumdumdie, spelled D-U-M-D-U-M-D-I-E. If you'd like to mail us, you can mail us at dumdumdiepod at gmail.com. And as always, have a most amazing week of roleplay. Thank you.